What's up, everyone? Hope you're having an amazing day. And welcome back to the Creator's Mind Podcast, sharing stories of creators, inspiring you to chase your passion. I am your host, Justin Ortiz. If you haven't already, check out my interview with James Piper. I am super excited to introduce this new segment called Deep Mind Talks. These are candid conversations surrounding a topic with creatives, marketers, teachers, entrepreneurs, anyone that can provide an impact to your day-to-day life. And today, I'm excited to welcome back Jacob Lilia Ruiz, a freelance photographer located in the Bay Area. And in this Deep Mind Talk, we go over how Jacob uses goal setting to prepare for his hike along the Pacific Crest Trail next year. And with that, let's get started. Jacob, welcome back to the podcast for this Deep Mind Talk. How you doing, brother? Dude, thank you so much for having me back on. Always enjoy talking to you on and off the air. Too bad we have to go link up and shoot soon. I'll try not to get us in too much trouble. I know, right? I feel like, I feel like we haven't gotten too much trouble every time we go hang out and shoot. No, nah, no. Nah. But, you know, <laughs> currently right now, we just uh, the Bay just survived a crazy couple of days of lightning storms. And mm-hmm. now, as a result, there is fires popping up everywhere. So it's feeling a little bit like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, COVID, now you have the fires like Armageddon right now. Yeah, it's just a full reset, you know? When you hit that reset <laughs> on the photo, everything's gone. That's the worst feeling. That's the worst feeling. Control Unless you really want to do it. Feeling, though. <laughs> Unless you <laughs> want to reset it. True, true. But dude, catch me up. It's been a minute since our last interview, since you've been on the air. So catch, me up, catch me up in your life, bro. Like, what's up? Okay, okay. Young buck me. Oh, gosh. Everything, I feel like, changes when you do... Uh, freelance or photo stuff. Uh, I just came back from a week and a half in the Sierras where I thought I was going to be there for a, an overnight trip and I brought one change of clothes and then, you know, I just bummed out of the car at a buddy's house and we just kept on linking up with groups and hitting different mountains and isolating in beautiful areas. And it's almost like this uh, lifestyle kind of revi- revolves around just spontaneously jumping into stuff. Like I always fear saying no to a trip. It's like my gut anxiety because then you go see it and then it's like, oh, what a great time. And as many people that say, uh, you know, the the sunset, you're going to get another sunset the other day. It's like, nah, everything's unique. Everything is that has a timestamp on it. Us shooting landscape photography, just like how you could shoot New York in 1973. Everyone's going to look a certain way and dress a certain way. If you shoot the clouds in 2020 of post fire season it's going to be a specific look so you know i try not to miss out on cool stuff and the fomo man the fomo is real <laughs> just can't get too caught up in it Ooh. so what about work wise still doing any projects yeah work wise uh sadly i i worked at uh 2k uh doing mm-hmm. the nba games and we Remember had to shut that? down our facilities like four months ago almost and Damn. Uh, i think they're running with minimal staff but Right now, it's a, it's a hard time to work. Uh, I just find myself trying to budget the same type of trips in without missing mm-hmm. out too much. Because, you know, if the world stops, nature keeps on going. National parks don't have too many people in it. You just got to get your reservations and your permits right. Nice. So what have you been doing? So are you finding work right now or are you just, just traveling as much as you can? Honestly, I... Uh, Work is always the addition to whatever's happening during the week in photos. So right now I just signed up with a new company, uh, hopefully doing some portrait shoots on the weekend. But 
anything really just to keep a camera in the hands. I regrettably have not been the best with print sales. I know printing is a, almost a, the final place that you could take a photo. If a photo was an idea of something, the edit is kind of a twist you can do in and out and change it. But the, the final product is that print. And that, that scares the shit out of me, to be honest, <laughs> because when you give someone your final product, there's no re-edits. There's no, oh, I missed something the in one, the corner. That's it. Someone paid you for an item that you would say is your standard of quality, and then it's gone. That's like leaving the nest right there. I, you know, <laughs> I, can't, I can't push them off to fly yet. So uh, I'm trying to set that up. You know, I feel like everyone should lean towards that eventually and uh, make sure you price your prints appropriately because if you just price it as the, you know, what the paper mm-hmm. costs, you're not helping anybody. But uh, yeah, you know, as long as I can still take trips and I stay afloat, that's I'm living normal life as usual. Hey, dude. Okay, so I really wanted to bring you back on this podcast for an in-depth talk about goal setting. And you're the guy that I, every time I think about goal setting, your name always pops in my head. Reason being, once you told me about this specific coast trail trek and everything else and everything that encompasses it i'm just like that is ridiculous and then since you told me that watching your stories going on like one day or two days five day or hikes figuring out different type of setups on backpacks gear tents i'm just like what the heck is this going on and also you're just living you're living your dream you're living your passion you're just having your camera in your hand and kind of again going at the status quo and you're just still doing it like that's why every time i think about goal setting about just life goal setting not just a career goal set but life your name always pops in my head oh thank you for that by the way (laughs) um yeah the pacific crest trail has been a uh, goal of mine for a long time i uh i've always been a fan of youtube i feel like photo is brought to me by a video originally i uh i really like independent content i wanted to see those people that are really in the field adventuring and once I found uh, John Z, John Zahorian, and I don't know if his videos are on YouTube anymore, but uh, seeing the Pacific Crest Trail, even like way back to like 2016, I saw a couple people doing it in 2012. As a kid, that was the ultimate thing. I was, uh, I didn't do a lot of sports growing up. My family uh, was from boxing, like heritage and learning how to fight was just part of, uh, part of that growing up cycle. But in terms of sports, I did a lot of just independent stuff. I really enjoyed hiking. Uh, I grew up pretty poor. So my mom taking us on hikes is kind of what the activity was. So I always hated hiking where you're like, you're going to start in a beautiful place. You're going to go so many miles and you have to turn around and come back to the car. And that just killed me, especially as a kid, because I don't want to see the same area twice. I just want to keep going. And eventually that idea of like wilderness survival, little bear grills thrown in, little Cody Lundeen, Dave Canterbury action, some names out there. Uh, you know, in parks, they don't want you to cut down a tree and make a lean-to shelter as much as that's pretty fun. But uh, I slowly transitioned into more hiking and backpacking. And with that, the idea of doing a bigger and bigger trip. And as that progressed, I really needed to uh, figure out what would make that possible? And then I found like ultralight backpacking. So as a kid, I was watching like hours and hours of YouTube videos of shaky handycam Sony footage, 540p <laughs> quality of people being like, well, this tarp is made out of 0.07 thick nylon and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's just that nitpicking of like, how can you prepare yourself 
for the uh, biggest adventure yet. And that, that was kind of my into the wild Christopher McKenless idea. Like I wanted to mm-hmm. run away and do this and it did have an ending point. It wasn't forever. It was realistic in the fact that you can get from point A to point B and it takes like four to six months. So like I get to scratch that itch of being a little dirt bag and being on the road without a car. I, uh, yeah, it is taken so much, uh, time away from me and just thinking of the processes that I, I almost got too involved in looking up stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of calm down and like, let some stuff be a surprise. So nice. now I'm here, uh, I've done some backpacking over the last couple of years in the Sierras. I'm feeling more prepared. I used to sadly this year because of COVID they pulled the permits and a lot of people did not get to go on the trek. And that was really sad because people were coming overseas and they were stuck here. They couldn't go home. They had to pay for hotels and I was just happy that I'm a California native and I could just not have that be a possibility. So I'm in, you know, the tail end of the, we're in like summer towards the end Mm -hmm. of the year, fall's coming up. That's the landscape holiday right there, fall season. But uh, it's coming up to, I've got to get ready for next year for the hike. So in preparation of that, I get to sell all my belongings again, hopefully move (laughs) into a van and throw that in storage and be off on the trek. Oh yeah. eBay hunt. You stay away from my couch, though. Oof, that's like, you know, <laughs> that's my main job. They ask you what you do, I'm just flipping. <laughs> Dude, so for the listeners that are wondering what the heck is the PCT, right? I'm correct. I, don't, I didn't butcher that. No, you got that. Perfect. <laughs> so explain the PCT, the route, the terrain, the, well, if, I'm pretty sure you know the historic route, like historic lessons when it comes to it, knowing you. okay well i'm not going to bury myself and drop inappropriate timestamps. but so the pct (laughs) is one of our uh handful of national scenic trails that we are funded happily by the government and we get these approved to be a national scenic trail so these areas that were slowly private land get purchased by the government and correct uh or to connect a long continuous hiking trail the original longest hiking trail was the appalachian trail on the east coast which connected georgia to maine with a similar distance of 2,000 plus miles being through some of the historic areas of the U.S. And now its counterpart, the PCT, which established later in the time span, but still like earlier in 1900s, we're getting these giant treks of specifically the PCT starting at the Mexico-California border by Campo, going north, following the ridgeline of San Jacinto, dropping back into the L.A. Basin, Going up back into the Sierras, you get into Red's Meadows, you get into the heart of the Sierras, up to Northern California, cross the border in Oregon, circle around Crater Lake. It's, it's basically following the ridgelines of some of the best views California has to offer, heading all the way up to Washington and then crossing over into Canada. And you get to kind of call it at this, uh, they call them terminuses, these like monuments that are built at the, the start and finish. And the, the vision of seeing those in real life is kind of burned in my head. I can't wait to, to touch that and then realize, oh, wow, that's a lot of walking ahead. And then finally <laughs> see it at an end. Like we have more trails popping up in the U.S. now as more people are getting interested in this kind of lifestyle with the, the CDT, the Continental Trail, which will be in the center of the U.S. And then we have smaller trails like the Pacific Northwest Trail. We have the Grand Enchantment Trail in the Southwest we're really getting into like the prime time of hiking where you can drop coordinates and create your own trails, almost like zoner with the hot springs trail and 
it's, it's a great time to be a hiker. We just have to be able to get into our wilderness areas again. <laughs> but yeah, the PCT has uh, been the biggest goal of mine. I would love to get my triple crown one day, but I got to start with some uh, realistic goals as we're talking about and, you know, train from there. Nice. Dude, I'm, I'm pumped up, man. I'm going, I want to go on a trail right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> sadly, we can't even go outside right now. The smoke oh, yeah. is kind of limiting us. Dude, <clears throat> so the grandiose as of right now, you said, I kind of run this whole entire thing back. You said to talk about Triple Crown as in like the grandiose goal, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain what the Triple Crown is before I proceed? So the Triple <laughs> Crown is the PCT completion, the AT completion, and the CDT. You'll have uh, oof, almost 8,000 miles of hiking under your belt. Usually people do it in multiple years. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually pick one season, and if your funds are appropriate, luckily you could do it for a second season in a row, if not a third. Um, we have some amazing people like Legend, who is a PCT hiker that's done the calendar triple in one year. Um, and those are pretty lofty goals. We have some people that have done the PCT yo-yos by going out and back on the same trail and hiking through the winter. But uh, the triple crown itself is those three main trails. And it is no small accomplishment in itself. Dude, so let's bring it back down then. Let's bring it back down from the triple crown. Then to you're starting with the PCT. Even right now, that goal itself is very a buildup, two thousand plus miles. So how are you even just setting up from like day one when you said, "I want to hike this freaking trail," to what you're doing now? Like people watching, I'm watching you on your story. Just like you go mm-hmm. MIA for like a when you don't post on your story for a good five days, I already know where you're at. You're hiking. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yep, you caught me. Um, yeah, it's a big goal. We uh, gladly have things today um, to help us out, like uh, Gaia and uh, gut hooks, which are apps today with GPS locations, showing water sources, being able to comment on things, seeing things are still relevant, and showing where food drops and locations for resupplies are. And uh, we used to have uh, only trail guides and books, and there was a mm-hmm. lot of good AT and PCT trail guides. Uh, there was even some some work. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name now, so I'm going to glance over it. But we have uh, people like Andrew Stru. Uh, okay. No, I'm calling a blank. But either way, we have uh, we have information out there so people can do it safely. Uh, you just have to make some realistic uh, distances with your training. So hiking and being able to carry your gear for that, you know, 15 to 25 miles that people usually do per day mm. after getting your hiking legs on that. It's more, uh, I feel like a mental game. Like I, I really enjoyed hiking cause I, uh, wanted to get like an added fitness element to cardio. Um, I was always a fan of the outdoors, but once I really got into uh, fitness, hiking was kind of like a perfect marriage. You were out all day doing a task that's pretty strenuous. And at the end of the day, uh, your calorie buildup is pretty insane. So you have to plan out your food decently well that you're not starving and you're not gorging. I don't know, after a couple couple hundred miles, it's going to be hard to get enough food, but you know you have to carry everything with you. So you just have to have that limitation. Like having a light pack and preparing on the front end of the gear you bring and what you mm-hmm. don't bring usually is how you're going to probably stay in these for longer. A lot of people just you know, they think they're prepared. They're going to REI and, you know, I love REI like the next person, but 
having a four pound tent for yourself that fits three people is not the way to go always. And I just spent this last year in a bivy sack, which is just a cover for your sleeping bag that you lay on the ground. And if it rains, I throw up a little poncho uh, shelter and yeah, that kind of sucks a lot of times, but being able to get used to that and then having like more access after is pretty great. So I feel like getting used to that is kind of, uh, you know, getting your mental toughness ready for bigger tasks ahead because comfort is a big thing, but it's not always necessary. Nice. So would you start first with, when you started hiking, would you work on the distance and then days and then, or did you like work on like having a heavy pack and then doing a small gain on distance? Like, how did you use like, where'd you start? I don't even know how, like, how, <laughs> where did you like physically I, start? <laughs> as a kid, I just wanted to do more miles. It was like, okay. how can I combine the outside loop of the park? Like, let me take this park and connect all the trails so I could try to stretch it out as long as I could. And then uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, so Point Reyes was always close to my area. And even in high school, we'd go out and uh, try to do some loops around there. And Point Reyes, you can make a pretty big loop of like the south section and get like 25 miles in, 30 miles in, and still have another day of hiking out of the park and stuff like that. It was, you know, when you think of these like larger numbers uh it's all relative to your fitness Mm -hmm. style some people can run a ultra marathon 100 plus miles and not die and that's kind of amazing in its own (laughs) self but uh i always got inspired by these people that were really pushing the limits like john sahorian and uh, andrew skirka and uh andrew skirka specifically did the great western loop which is combining the pct and the cdt and then the Pacific North trail on top and the South section that he just made up himself as he went along. So this, this was a huge goal and he had to specifically plan it for almost 30, 35 miles a day, never taking off off days unless they were completely necessary. So you can expand what, you know, the human potential is, but you still want to have fun and meet up with like-minded people on the trail. So it was just balancing that wanting to hike a lot with, uh, having enough space to do it. These, these trails are really the only time you can just go endlessly on that. And I think through those actions, at least from some of the experiences I've had on shorter trails, mm-hmm. you really get a more profound experience of the outdoors where this is like raw nature. If you're climbing up a ridgeline and it's off trail, sometimes you can't mess up. And like, that's just the reality. If your foot slips, you better have three points of contact other than that foot because if you slip and you fall, you're hurting yourself in a place that's high risk and uh, it's one of those things that once you put a little bit of uh, risk involved and you're there in person and you get that like gut adrenaline feeling like, oh my gosh, this is finally, this is real. Like this is not a park that you can walk back to your car. I feel like those moments are where you really find things about your own character as much as an appreciation for just the, the mild conveniences that we have. You know, a lot of people say when they come back from a through hike, they're like, oh my God, there's a water source. There's like three water sources in my house. I don't even have to filter it. So it's just, uh, you, you get to appreciate a lot more like a hot shower and certain things like that. But uh, yeah, that's all part of the traveling experience. A lot of the photo people know kind of what that's like after traveling in a car for a week. You're just dying for any conveniences, outlets, showers, anything good to eat. Like you have to in this modern day where we have so much to take and so much immediate gratification, you almost have to put some limits on that and you get to, you get to enjoy that. It might be a little mm-hmm. sadistic, but you know, you get to enjoy <laughs> it a little bit. Just getting yourself out of the comfort zone is always a good thing. 
True, true. And you, you become, you get to really see who you are as a person. And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing that everyone can take away. Even if you're not a like outdoors person naturally, I think everyone has the ability of that self-improvement. And like, there's, you could slowly coax that out over time, or you can set this big trip or big goal or go on a long hike and be like, wow, now I'm out here. I have to get back. This is on me. So when did you, when did you feel like you're ready for the next level? When did you feel like each step was like, okay, I felt like I accomplished this and I can move on to the next level. And what was that next level from like the build up, you know? Okay. So originally everyone, you know, you're going out in the woods. I'm going to sadly put all my extra weight into camera gear ever <laughs> since I was young. That's just where the having to have a backpack and not just going with a water bottle initially came from. But, uh, in backpacking, you originally have the big three items, which is mm. your backpack, your sleeping bag, and your shelter system. And those three are like the majority of the weight. If you go to a big five, you could probably hit those three in 15 pounds, get a steel frame pack, a heavy military sleeping bag, and a giant tent. And the longer you're going in the wilderness, the more miles you take this gear on, the lighter you want to become over time. So I was almost a fan independently of hiking. When I went hiking, I, I didn't always bring my backpacking gear like that. I would bring camera gear. I would bring a, a pack with enough supplies. But uh, with backpacking, once you're really pushing the limits of weight, you almost have to slim it down each time. And every trail I go on, even currently, I'm kind of making notes of like what I enjoyed, what I didn't use of my gear, and what I would want to switch later. Um, I'm a big proponent of freestanding or non-freestanding tents using your trekking poles. I think that saves a lot of weight, Um, but there's a negative side of that. I've been on a solo hike in the middle of a rainstorm and my tent kept falling down because the ground got too soft and I slept under a wet tent all night and I was really mad. And then later I bought a free or a freestanding tent with some trekking or uh, with regular tent poles. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes it's worth the wait. Sometimes you want some comfort items, but uh, I feel like naturally you progress through your interests. I never thought of like, hey, I did a 10 mile hike today. Now I want to do 15. That's more of like a training day. But mm-hmm. with backpacking, it's like, no, I want to get to this lake. This lake's pretty far. How are we going to break this up in a couple of days so it could be comfortable? Who are we going with? Are people really want to balls to the wall, like sprint up there and enjoy all the time? Do we want to go for uh, a lot of exploration with photography? You know, you get to a location, uh, you hike all day, and now it's time to go walk around for a comp. And that's no light task. Sometimes you, uh, this last trip, uh, a couple buddies and I went on, we brought day packs and we would set up our tents and stay in an area for two nights. And we would just branch off and do day hikes and only bring like a lightweight section of gear with our backpacks. So it's almost what you want to do. I always encourage people to pick a location they really want to go because there's always that ideal place. And, you know, it ends up not being that hard to get to at the end of the day. Yes, you have to drive to get there. But if you've seen a lot of people take photos of it, it's not going to be like on top of the world. So it's just find a realistic place you want to go and then find people who want to go with you. You don't have to do everything by yourself. A lot of people enjoy the outdoors with people. And now with permits being kind of harder to get more of a group setting into that. Mm -hmm. You can really plan your trip with someone and make it a fun time as a group experience. Dude, what resonated with me that what resonated with me was that dude, you're just thoughtful on your moves. Like it's mindful. You're being very mindful. I think that's a better term. Is that thank you. Thank you. It's just it 
it just makes it methodical. I know I just said three different words, but it's like <laughs> it's tight because if you look at something, you just I have you reverse engineer it. And I feel like when it comes to goal setting or even just pursuing something, is that we're just gonna go straight, but instead of having the destination and then working backwards is like very important because mm. personally personally when i say like enjoy the journey i'm like that's great but do you even know where you're going <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, it's uh, i'm kind of notorious for not planning too much a lot of my buddies do a lot of planning in place of me and uh my thing is to prepare at the front end and enjoy when you're there yeah so if your goal is to go to this we were uh i just recently got off with a group of the high sierra trail Mm -hmm. uh, last month or two months ago and uh, we really wanted to go from crescent meadows one of the startup areas of the high sierra trail all the way to precipice lake and it was like 16 or so miles in the first day we just slept at elevation so it's like we're still getting our lungs in and we got to hamilton lake which is two miles before that lake and we we're like you know climbing another 2,000 feet sounds bad right now <laughs> and it sounds like we're not really willing to do that and it was kind of great. We got to enjoy, like we got there at four o'clock, we jumped in the lake, we got to lay in the sun, we enjoyed being there. And as long as you have like pretty stout goals, like you don't have to always hit the ring every time. Like you're mm -hmm. out there to enjoy it at the end of the day. And later that next day, we tried to do an offshoot trail or an offshoot pass called uh, uh, Pants Pass, slightly off shot that. And we did uh, a pass called Piss Your Pants Pass. And uh, as guessing that by the name, fun. <laughs> we didn't get to go down the backside of that pass because that was steep. And now we have a new area to explore for next time. So we ended up doing the rest of the trail, making a hook over and doing some extra miles to get back to our secondary vehicle and then going back and shipping us back home. And it was, uh, it was a fun trail to do. And we had some like loftier goals. But if you just cover your bases, you can take it day to day. Like uh, I always like at least for shooting in the Bay area or wherever I am, like you kind of have to be flexible. Like five o'clock is check in with a group and see where the clouds are and what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So you can have a defined plan, but a lot of times you have to have that flexibility to move around. So just whatever the goal is, just find your interest point and in what you want to accomplish and get as close as you can to that. And then let that flexibility kind of take you naturally where you're going to go. I feel, I feel like that relates a lot in uh, people's editing. Editing mm -hmm. is a hard thing. You know, editing takes years really to get good at. And like, it's a thing you can see right away. And a lot of people want to get a preset or get something to like jump up that pathway. And those are great. They have purpose and you kind of need them when you're working in the field and like have to produce content quickly. But um, creating your personal like biases and your personal like favorites of different colors is almost in the same way. Like naturally, you're going to say, oh, that color combo, I don't like that. I don't like when the yellow turns like green and your skin like turns into Shrek. Like I, I don't prefer that <laughs> preference. I'm going to make a mental note of that. And over two years, I'm slowly going to start removing it from all my photos. Mm -hmm. So just like that with like goals, like you set your preferences and whatever you find fun, you're going to naturally lean towards like. I will always bring a pillow into the backpacking country, a blow up pillow because I hate sleeping without a pillow. And if that way is where, like if that costs some weight, I'm totally fine with that because I don't want to have a bad time. <laughs> Dude, I love that. So 
I really want to reel this back in and like for life because you talked about all your trials and errors and everything else and your your not mishaps but like just enjoying the ride and journey and just having the goal but yet having the flexibility how did that translate to life itself and how you live your day-to-day not just for hiking but just for like family friends career path and stuff like that how that because you said this happened this was when you were a kid so that you you were instilled with these like values and like thought processes at a young age definitely well uh I got to thank my mom for that. Uh, She's definitely my hero through all of this. I'm a first generation American. She moved over from Sweden and we didn't have any family here. Uh, We didn't have any money and she just grew up working multiple jobs and getting it, getting it done. And that kind of rubbed off on the fact that like, if you want something, you don't have to just like idealize it and dream of it. You can go out and chase it. And with life, you know, life's tough. Like people are going to live different lives. People are going to have different struggles. We all come from different backgrounds, but having like a passionate interest in something is universal. I feel like to happiness, you can meet anybody in any field, as long as they're dedicated to like something, having an interest in something, not just sitting around and everyone likes to have those cheat days. You eat anything you want. You watch Netflix, you relax, but like having a driven passion where you cannot fall asleep because you're thinking about something is where I feel like life shines the hardest. Like we live in a time where we can access everything. You know, there's not as much dangers in the world. We're not fighting for survival at every moment. So like people get frustrated and they sit around and they get complacent and they get sad. And I think people's happiness is going to depend on finding interests that are relevant to them. And in a modern world where you can make that your passion and your career, finding the way to do that. Because you can do this a lot of ways. You can become a photographer a lot of ways. You don't have to become a photographer if that's your interest. There's a lot of positions and different things that you can be a fan of. And I feel like I'm a consumer of like video content a lot. I've been recording videos for the last like three years. And everyone (laughs) that I tell that is like, where are all your videos then? I'm like, yeah, you know, you are right. So it's, it's one of those things like you have to actively go execute and like create things. And a lot of times like people get stuck in this like idea of perfection. Oh, it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I can't do it until it's done. If it's not done, people get the wrong idea of it. And that almost limits you like, yes, have a quality standard that you're okay with. Like people can enjoy it, but as long as you're comfortable letting that out Mm -hmm. in the world, that should be your quality standard. And once that's achieved, bam, release it before you think too much about it before you're sitting too long. So I guess to wrap that up is like find your passion nice. at all costs. It will depend. Your life will depend on it. Getting a little goosebumps right now, bro. Oh. <laughs> <Quote> TM. <laughs> Dude. So when you talk about this, whole, that whole entire thing, the only thing I think about is just chase it, you know, send it and just keep going and, Crap. It was, it was tight. I, I definitely like that answer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Go get, if you have a car, you can travel like, yeah. yes, gas is going to be a thing. Yes. Work is going to be a thing. Like we have responsibilities and the older you get, the more responsibilities stack up. And, but if you, you there's a lot of places you can just drive to He's and dope. you don't have to have a lot. Like camping is cheaper than eating out let me tell you that you know can of beans and (laughs) some meats cooking up it's just like you can really do a lot with not that many resources and i feel like that's a lot of people's limiting factors like i always worried about the pct hitting that too late in my life because 
it's something that you could easily push away year to year to year. But as the nature of the trail develops, it kind of changes. Like hitting the PCT back in the year 2000, uh, like Ray Jardine style backpacking pamphlets, like an older style of hiking basically is mm-hmm. like, it's special. It's unique in its own way that going, like I said, like New York in the seventies is unique. Like everything has this timestamp that like, I feel this like pushing factor that I want to go see. Sadly, we come to places in the wild and photo locations that people didn't take care of the area. There's some places that in the Sierras that people have stomped on arches, things have fallen over, things break. You try to tell people like, hey, be considerate. I have people on both sides. You know, some people fly drones not in the right places. And like, it's, it's all about how you treat the, the environment around you. I don't think like there should be a lot of limitations on the stuff we get to enjoy. But at the same time, you cannot just go in and directly ruin an area. Like, yeah. like you have to see it. these places before it's gone. That's, res- that's the main thing. It, oh, dude, that resonated too. Like, I, every time I talk to you, it's just life bombs. <laughs> but oh, it was just you. like the perfect time is now yeah it's always it's always been that it's oh i had a goal and it was just like during covid i said yeah by the time before i'm taking my gap year 29 30 i'm gonna do that two or three more years try to pay off all my stuff and then covid hit and then everything just shook and i was like f it every just start now like why wait shout out to you for that you made the (laughs) jump dude you made the jump in a hard time i made a jump in a hard time you probably spent a couple nights thinking about your life choices and were like hey what do i want more than anything else let me refine an idea Mm. i've heard a lot of people say that you have to like write down a goal to to see it like to really feel it actuate but i think you have to slowly start chunking off that goal to have it like to get the ball rolling And like taking that jump for you or anybody that chooses to go into independent freelance, it's like tough. You, every day of work is earned and uh, every day of relaxation, you feel guilty. So like, where's the positives? (laughs) And the positive is like you set your own goals and your own life accomplishments. Some people want a white picket fence house in a nice area and live their life with their significant other. And that's amazing. They want a good life for themselves. They're not choosing not to enjoy things, but other people want different goals. Some people want to be on top of Everest. And that's a, that's a hard thing that takes a lot of planning. And whatever you want to do, talking about it is, is great and it's one thing, but actually going out and doing it is a whole nother ballgame. Dude, it just takes one step, bro. It takes one step yeah, it forward. And it doesn't Everything take a lot. Everything will just go. Yeah. I got people that shoot on the same broken tripod for like three years. Their photos are fire. Like, this is like not a game of like, oh, you come from this or you have that. Like, it's a game of were you sitting at the spot at the right time? Or did you climb that extra hill and see something cool? Or did you enjoy yourself enough to be in a mind state that you want to take photos? Like, I've been on backpacking trips where at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, yeah, we could shoot Astro or I could sleep. And I chose to sleep because I I set out and I, I carried a heavy pack and I was like, you know, I was done by the end of the day. So really, uh the environment you put yourself in like the people is like how you're going to perceive that environment. Like mm-hmm. if you're shooting with people that are just stoked every time they, the light goes down, they're like, Oh, it's Astro time. We're not sleeping for like it's three done. days. Like we're, we're like going to keep going. Yeah, exactly. And like that will get you excited. Like you being around energy like that, you're going to easily be willing to push those limits or at least your personal limits. No, it's like the average of five rule type of 
it's you're going to be the average of people you hang out with. And if you don't have, if you don't, if you have that one person saying, no, let's not do it. You might teeter, you might sway to that side. It's like, if you give yourself an inch, you're going to take a mile, you know? Yeah. And like being like honest with yourself and your group around you, like at least, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a younger guy. I'm trying to come into adulthood. I'm trying to set up some good habits. And I had to be brutally honest with not myself, but the people around me. And I was in an environment that there was a lot of like, you know, there's drugs, there's alcohol. Like I, my dad's side of the family comes from a rougher area. There's like gang life. There's, there's a lot of things that can lead you off a path of success. And it's not even that idea of you have to be successful, but like set yourself up with some good habits. Like if your buddies are always pushing you to push your limits in the sense of like drugs and alcohol, they're probably not your buddies. You know, people that are caring about you, that check in with you, that give you a random call, hit you up. Like those are people that are just randomly thinking about you that have the appreciation of time just to, to throw something out there. And like, it's just the environment where as humans, we just absorb everything in our environment. Like the way you set up your room is going to be how you're thinking that day. If your room is a mess, you're not Mm going to have too many organized thoughts. If you start your day by making your bed, cleaning your room, checking your messages, like you're going to set up. Um, a, a series a domino effect of good habits and like i one. fall off the ball a lot so you know <laughs> and coming back onto it and keeping those days like take your wins that's a hard thing for me i couldn't take my wins like it was like yeah that's good but you know it could have been better and it's like come on now you're just who, who are you trying to impress <laughs> so how do you handle your l's then how do you handle your losses and bounce back Oof. you get salty and you just sit with your phone and you just like keep on reloading ig <laughs> no, no. um <laughs> handle your L's. That's a lot of, that's a big life thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's whatever it would be to, to, to take a loss and to resonate that means you shouldn't make that mistake again. Now that's not always how it goes. You can make mistakes at multiple times, but, uh, handling that with the the fact that like, Hey, this happened. I really didn't like that. I'm going to take some precautions to make sure that doesn't happen. Like I I've broken a lot of camera gear. I've gotten really close to waves. Those shots would have been great, but I also lost a lens from that. I might not do that again. But if I keep on putting myself in those positions, I'm kind of doing that to myself after a while. And I'm not going to be swearing at the wave. I should be mad at myself for setting up on a cliffside. Did you lose something off the cliffside? Oh, I think, you know, Canon, Canon loves me. They they say, hey, I I love your membership. We're going to charge you just for you. We're going to charge you max price on this lens rebuild. I'm like, you know what? Thank you. And then I pay $600 every time I bump something in my camera. So, you know, it's one of those things you just got to learn over time. What was that? I think there's a, I might butcher this, but uh, insanity is repeating a task multiple times and expecting different results. Damn. To, yeah. That's some scientist somewhere said that in a sense that it was a, uh, educational and purposeful (laughs) so you know dude it's true like you think we do the same thing and every day and we think it's going to be different we go personally i was waking up before i left my job it was just yeah today's gonna be good don't get me wrong it was a great day but it was the same day and me expecting something different you know that was that was a mundane i was like i am not okay with this And it's, it's hard. Like a lot of this modern world we're going to have to deal with is like mm-hmm. the aspect of like mental health, like being stuck in a cycle and getting down on yourself and having that domino 
that's a dangerous task. And, you know, it takes like sometimes people outside your own thought process to like shake you up and like say like, hey, let's go do something else. Let's, let's, uh, you know, let's focus on something else. Like you have to almost uh, take time away from things. Uh, like I, IG specifically, social medias, TikToks, you know, whatever, whatever you want to put your content out, that is taking time away from whatever you're doing. And you have to realize that. Sitting on IG for six hours, that's not a progress or like a productive use of analyzing photos. That's like consuming content. And that's fine for like 30 minutes to an hour, but you're sitting around all day reloading and refreshing. Like everyone's been at those different points in times because it's, it's an easy thing to, to fidget lost. with. But like, that's not good. And we have people growing up in an era that this is going to be around them for their whole lives until they die. And it's going to progress off this and we have to realize certain times to step away. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. I feel like a passion, uh, uh, a lot of times spirals up in positivity. You're doing it a lot and then you burn out and everyone has this feeling of, I don't want to do this. And I think that's okay. You take a couple days away, you take a week away and then you have this feeling like, Oh, I need to go back and do this. Dude, and I feel like that's a, a good offset. That's what I felt. That's what I felt about the podcast. Personally, it was just, it was a lot. I loved it, but I just felt burnt out. I took, I stopped in May and then gearing back up and I was like, I have to do this. And I did a small little interview and I'm like, yep, I miss interviewing people. I miss talking to people. It is something I really want to do. So, but now I le lesson learned. I got to watch myself on burning out. I got to make sure yeah. that. Dude, you work hard too. <laughs> You're always responding. You, you're good about your messages. You're good about like responding. I appreciate you as a person. That's kind of my own bias. But <laughs> as like a third party, say as a listener right now, like you're putting in work. Like no one's paying you to do this right now. Like no one is like saying, oh, you have to wake up early and uh, make sure you're, you're getting your connections. Like that's, that's something to be proud of. Like, and it gets hard because it's like, once you start those, you're like, now you have obligations to do it. Mm -hmm. Now people are depending on it. People are watching, people are listening and they, uh, they, you know, it's hard to realize how much work goes into something. So that's yeah. why when opportunities comes up, I love to, you know, buy a print, buy a book from someone like, this is not just like, Hey, here's a little bit of money and you give me a product. This is like, you know, I've watched you for a long time and you work hard and I, it's, it's hard in the modern day just to like hand people something, but like, you earned this. Like when someone makes a book and puts in the process of the thought of putting images in a sequence to tell a story or mm -hmm. to like timestamp a part of their life, that's a lot of work. And that's not just physical work. That's emotional. At the end of the day, you're putting that out and you're revealing a lot about yourself, even if you don't know it. Damn dude. Very facts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a weird <laughs> world we live in. You know, the things we create are kind of us. So the people mm. you surround yourself, you also be kind of like them. And a lot of it is like, it matters a lot. Everything matters a lot. I think the, the idea of like, oh, I don't care. That's null and void. Like I, you know, it used to remember being a kid, oh, that person doesn't care in school. Whoa, dude, that's a, that's a bad mofo right there. They just don't <laughs> care. It's like, yeah, they do. Everyone cares about a lot. And if you don't, you need to put yourself in an environment where you do, or you're just not mm -hmm. going to care about anything wrapping up with this awesome conversation i know we jumped around about goal setting and how the slow build and how again we deal with the l's and handle the w's but i think just rounding everything up but for goal setting why is that so important for people to set a goal to go for it even though it just seems so out of the way or so like broad or not even broad but just 
big and bold that it scares you. And I, I'm very, I'm a very firm believer. If your dreams don't scare you, those bigs aren't, those dreams aren't big enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, why is it important for people to set a goal and then pursue it? Mm. I like what you said right there, like run towards the obstacle. A lot mm-hmm. of times these obstacles are like the right way to go. Um, but setting up goals, like, you know, let's have an average goal. A lot of people want to be financially independent. Let's say I want to earn a million dollars. Oh, that's great. You could tell a lot of people that, and you could earn, you could go work minimum wage and start working towards that. But is that a realistic timestamp to go from like a couple thousand to a, a million? I don't know. I wouldn't personally say that. I would say, you know, you want to live uh, a life where you're bettering yourself and you want to ac- accomplish big things, but let's like improve on the daily. Let's, uh, if you want to hike the PCT like this, if that sounds like an interesting trek to you and you, you want to spend those months under the stars, you want to hike every day, live that nomadic life, you should go on some day hikes. You should go on some day hikes by yourself, bring some friends, bring some family even, you know, maybe carry some other people's stuff if you want to get that extra weight in. But like, take it in the same sense of training. When you're training your creativity, everything you look at is adding to that. Like you can be on Instagram and thoughtfully train photography by analyzing people you like, work you like, and slowly taking that as a note, maybe taking some specific notes and then adding it to your life. If you want to train your muscles, you should exercise often. If you want to train your mind and live a healthy life, you have to put in work day to day and not beat yourself up about the, the losses and not overly take the wins. Like, say you do something good. You could clap, you could dance, but shit, tomorrow you better start getting back at it. Like, it's one of those things where let's not set out and big, build goals. Let's build a, a life that you really enjoy. Let's build habits that are going to be long lasting, that are positive, And let's uh let's be able to deviate a little bit like if you want some days for use you want some days to just live it up just do that and then once it's done go back to some healthy habits and you don't have to be perfect in life you just have to find the direction you enjoy and then keep on going dude i'm gonna leave it with that because that was just perfect bro <laughs> damn i for sure got the right guy when i wanted to talk about this topic thank you bro Ooh. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much, dude. <laughs> Let's shoot soon. You know, you know how it's going to be. One more lightning storm. I'm about to call you and drag oh, you out Oh, do the you house. better, bro. I'm like, I'm COVID free <laughs> and I am just chilling. There you go. Hey, everyone out there listening, I better see you out taking some photos soon. <laughs> uh, Jacob, thank you again for hopping back on the podcast, brother. I hope you had a good time. It's always a good time talking to you. Always love it. Thank you so much, dude. Hey. Appreciate you. Appreciate you more, man. And with that, we are out. Thank you again for everyone tuning in. If you like what you heard, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow me on my Instagram and Facebook. With that, keep on creating and I'll talk to y'all soon.